Thank you so much for uh, giving this opportunity to share the word of God. Really a privilege. And I believe that this meeting will be always an evergreen experience, evergreen memory for me, because it's the first international meet that I am speaking to. Uh, though I have with people from other nations, it was like God asked me to be silent. You know, he, all, he always wanted me to reach India. So it's the first time that he's given me permission to minister among the international people. So it's always going to be an evergreen memory for me. Uh, so thank you so much for this opportunity, Pastor Prince. And thank you everybody who have joined the call, uh, the Zoom meeting. And I believe it's going to be a big blessing to you. And I believe God is going to minister to you right from the first second to the last second. And uh, you would have watched the video. I give the complete glory to God because it's completely God who has done everything through me. So we all have joined here for a single purpose and for a single mission to reach the nations. A few weeks back, Prince Raj, Brother Prince Raj was sharing his vision to me about reaching the nations. And I really feel happy because that's what is in the heart of God. And recently, for a few months, actually God was talking to me, why don't you think about reaching nations? So from that moment, I bought a world map. I've just sticked it on my living room. And I just browsed for all the words where, where I was showing nations. I took a printout and I started to meditate on it. And one thing I found is God's heart is not limited to the geographical location. Whenever you see God talking, you could see that his heart is to reach the ends of the earth. Every man of God who has been connected in the call, a woman of God who has been connected in the call. So he gave a very beautiful introduction. But yesterday afternoon, God gave me an introduction about the people who are going to join in this call today. And the introduction that he gave me was, these are the people who have been tested by fire. These are the people who have been tested by fire. This is what God told me. So immediately I looked into the scriptures and uh, when I read, it says in 1 Peters uh, 1, 6, 7, it's, uh, it says, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold, that perishable, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So what God told me is the people who all are attending today, this Zoom meeting, have been tested by fire and they have come out very successfully. Amen. So it is a lot of knowledge that God gave me about the people who are who have joined today in this course. So it's about your past. So you have been tested by fire. All the people who have joined the call, you, you underwent situations. Your faith was tested. It was tested by fire, but you came out very successfully. You came out very beautifully. You came out very brilliantly. And the verse encourages us that on his appearing, the appearing of Jesus Christ, we are going to be found and God is going to praise us. God is going to honor us and God is going to glorify us. Amen. So this is what the introduction that God gave about everybody who is joining the call today. I was really impressed at the introduction because we generally, this was the introduction that God gave about the people who have connected today in this Zoom meeting. 
that you all have been tested by fire, but you all have come out very successfully. And there is praise, glory, and honor waiting for you on the revelation of Jesus Christ when God is being revealed, when Jesus comes. So he is going to honor you, he is going to praise you, and he is going to glorify you. So this is what God told me about your past. And I, that was really amazing because when we introduce somebody, we, already, we always introduce about their achievements, what they have done or what they are doing. But when God is introducing somebody, he's just introducing about their heart condition, what they underwent, what is their situation. So this is what he told me is, these are the people who have been tested by fire. And when God spoke those words, it was like, you know, I felt that the Holy Spirit was putting a seal that these have tested and these have been approved. It was really so amazing. Uh, God told me to prepare myself for the travel. So I just bought a, you know, a, a, a luggage bag, a trolley. And when I read the, uh, the booklet, it was mentioned that the lock has been tested and the scratch, it has underwent a scratch test. It has underwent a weight test. So all these went, uh, tests it has undergone and it has come out very finally. It's, very, it's in a good condition. So the same way, when God spoke to me, what I felt was these ministers of God have been tested by fire and they are approved. They are recognized. They, 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 I felt like God honoring the ministers of God who are participating, who in this Zoom meeting. So I really thank God and I really, I felt Holy Spirit appreciating each and every one of you. He knows the fiery temptations, the fiery trials, the fiery tribulations that you have undergone. You have been tested by fire, but you have come out very successfully. So I really uh, thank God for the beautiful introduction that he gave me about each and every one of you. You know, there's a, there's a style which God follows. If you read the Bible, you know, Jeremiah goes and complains to God. God, these people whom you are ministering, actually, the, what they, 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 are, they speak with their mouth. They glorify you with their mouth, but their hearts are so far. And again, Jeremiah goes and complains to God. And he says that these people speak that whatever you are saying, it's not going to happen. But you know what God did? He did not comfort them. He did not encourage them. He didn't say any comforting words. He didn't say any encouraging words. We humans, like when we hear these things, immediately we'll say comforting words. We immediately say some encouraging or motivational words. But what God did was, he didn't say a comforting word because he's a God of comfort. So he doesn't need a word to comfort, but he can just directly comfort us. So he didn't comfort Jeremiah. But instead of that, what God did was, he gave Jeremiah a vision. He gave Jeremiah a direction. He gave Jeremiah a word to be shared. So that's how, you know, God usually works. And the beauty of the vision is the vision not only carries a purpose to be fulfilled, but the vision also has the power to bring a person who is undergoing depression to come out of it. Uh, it, it has the power to whoever is undergoing into a, some sort of heaviness to come out of it. So much powerful is vision. It not only gives us a direction, it not only gives a purpose, not only God's plan is being fulfilled on the earth, but it also has the power to pull a person, somebody who is in the valley of deep sorrow, who is in the valley of distress, who is in the valley of doubt. He just pulls them up. He lifts them and he gives them a hope always the valley is always followed by a door of hope 
So that is how it's God's time. Whenever we go and complain, whenever we go and murmur, whenever we go and say our sad stories, God usually gives a vision. He usually gives a plan. And that plan just pulls us out from the depression, just pulls us out from whatever sad things that is happening around us, whatever depression or heaviness that we are undergoing. For example, we read in, jo you know, in Genesis, Joseph named his son as Manasseh. And he said, God made me to forget all the hardships that I underwent in my father's house. Yes. He gave Joseph a vision. He yes. gave Joseph a dream interpretation. And that was able to make him forget all his past. That Amen. was able to make him forget all his bitterness. Amen. Amen. God's style. He gives a vision. He gives a prophecy. He gives a direction. We might think, God, don't you know what I'm undergoing? God, don't you know in what? situation I am and in right now you're talking about vision you're talking about direction you're giving me a dream you're giving me a prophecy but that is how God has moved throughout the Bible that is how God works throughout the Bible he gives a vision he gives the direction and he just makes us to forget the past he just makes us to forget the bitterness Joseph says I forgot the hardship of my father's heart mm -hmm. Joseph such a hardship he was thrown into pit he was thrown into prison even his brothers he was separated from his family he underwent such a lot of hardship but the vision the direction that god gave made him to forget his entire past so the same thing is what god is going to do today in our midst he is going to give us a vision he is going to give us a direction if today if I would like, if, if you want to keep a title for the message that I'm going to share it with you, the message is going to be before the cave and after the cave. The message is going to be before the cave and after the cave. As Pastor Melvin said, the entire world is undergoing a major shift. We are in the midst of a major transition. The entire world is undergoing a major shift. It's not just for one person, for one geographical location or one sphere of influence, but in fact, the entire world is undergoing a major shift. These sort of shifts have taken place several times in the history of world. When, the, when Jesus Christ was born, it was a major shift that took place. The angel said, it is a good news to the entire world. When the death of Jesus Christ was a major shift that took place. The resurrection of Jesus Christ was a major shift that took place. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit was a major shift that took place. The birth of church was a major shift that took place. The coming of Jesus Christ is going to be a major shift that is going to take place. So throughout the Bible, we see major shifts taking place. And we are today in the midst of a major shift. We are today in the midst of a major yes. transition that is happening. Yes. So today... The topic is going to be before the cave and after the cave. Amen. So when we hear the message, obviously we'll immediately, we, we will be able to relate it to Elijah because Elijah is a person who, uh, who had experienced before the cave. He was in the cave and after the cave. So we are going to see before the cave and after the cave. So who was this Elijah before the cave? So this Elijah before the cave, he was a revivalist. He was zealous for God. He was a person who stood for God. He was a person who stood against injustice. He was a person for whom God sent fire from heaven. 
He was the person whom God acknowledged in front of everybody that he was doing what God said to him. He stood against mighty kings. He was not afraid to stand as a single person against the king. You know, this is what God said about you. This is what God said about the ministers that God, that today you have connected through this Zoom meeting. Who are you? Who were you? This is about your past. God wants to recollect your past. What happened in your past? You were revivalist. You did major things for God. You did major things for God. You were so zealous for God, even during your youth days. Even during your youth days, when the world was going in a different direction, you were moving towards God. You were so zealous for God. You were persecuted. People spoke bad of you. People spoke ill of you. But still, you stood for God. You stood against so many people. You were ready to sacrifice anything. You were ready to sacrifice anything. This is you. This is what God is talking about you. This is your past. So many times God has proved in front of many people that God is with you. God is working through you. God has called you. God has chosen you. God has proved you. Just like God sent fire and proved Elijah that he is a true prophet. In the same way, several times in the midst of so many people, God has proved the calling that he has placed in your life. So this is who you were. So this is what Elijah was before the cave. Who was Elijah before the cave experience? If you read his uh, the chapters, uh, 1 King chapter 17, you could find that he was a one-man ministry person. Everything he did was one man. He was It was just a one-man show. Elijah was doing everything single-handed. We read in the Bible that he repaired the old altar of the law that, that was broken by Jezebel. He did it single-handed. He took 12 stones. He didn't, he didn't have a group. He didn't have a team. But he took 12 stones alone. And with the 12 stones, he built an altar. He did it alone. He made a trench about the altar. He did it alone. He, he put the wood in order. He did it alone. He cut the bull into pieces. And again, he did that alone. He laid it on a wood. He did it alone. He seized and killed the 450 false prophets. All he did it alone. So who was Elijah before the cave? He was a person who did everything alone. So what does it signify? Elijah was least bothered about others, whether others are doing or not doing. If others are serving the Lord or they are not serving the Lord, I am going to serve the Lord. I am going to serve the Lord. This is who you are. This is who you were. This is who Elijah was before the cave experience. He was ready to do for God. Even if nobody joins me, if nobody is with me, no team, nothing, I'm least bothered. I am going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve my master. I'm going to serve my king. This was Elijah before the cave. So this is your past. This is your past. This is what the Holy Spirit revealed to me. The people who are joining today in this Zoom call, this is their past. 
they have done great things for the Lord. They have done great things for the Lord. They were so zealous for the Lord. They stood alone. They stood alone when people teased, when people mocked, when people were against them. They stood alone for the Lord. They did so many things. They didn't expect others. If others didn't do, they didn't compromise. They were not compromising Christians. This is what you wear. This is what you are, is what God told me. This is your past. This is what you were doing. So this is what is who Elijah was before the cave. But I'm not going to touch today about the cave because I don't have a leading in that area. So this is what God told me is before the cave. So Elijah was a revivalist. He was doing everything. He was so zealous. And now we are going to see Elijah after the cave. What, what was experience he had after the cave. So we are going to focus on that. So once he came out of the cave, we could see that he was seeking for the voice of the Lord. He was seeking for the direction of the Lord. He was seeking for God. He wanted to hear God's voice in the same way as with you. You have done great things for God and now you are seeking God's voice. You are seeking God's direction. You want to know what is in God's heart. So this is what is your condition today. So you are, you are seeking, God, give me a direction. God, talk to me. I'm here to hear your voice. It's the same way. When Elijah came out of the cave, the first thing he did was he was seeking for God's voice. And when he was seeking for God's voice, God spoke to him and he gave Elijah an assignment. God gave Elijah an assignment. We're in 1 Kings 19, 15 and 16. He says, go anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. Anoint son of Nimshi to be king over Israel. Anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat of Abhel to be prophet in your place. God asked Elijah to go and anoint people. Today, this is what God wants you to do. He wants you to go and anoint people. He wants you to go and anoint people. This is what the word that God gave me. He wants you to go and anoint people. So God wants, God is going to put, he is going to imprint some people in your heart. He is going to give you a burden about some people in your heart. God is going to give you a desire or a longing to some, to meet some people in your heart. So he is going to imprint some people in your heart and he's going to send you, he's going to send you to anoint them. Usually the kingdom of God works in a push and pull style. So you will have a pull towards somebody and somebody will have a, have a pull towards you. They will say, pastor, I don't know, but I feel like I want to be connected with you. I want you to guide me. I want you to mentor me. So people are going to come to you and you are going to be drawn to some people. So God is going to imprint some people in your heart. God is my God might speak to you through dreams or visions or the prophetic words, but God is going to show you some people and he wants you to anoint them. He wants you to anoint them. We read in the Bible that Elijah threw his mantle over Elisha. So that is how he anointed Elisha. We read in the Bible, Samuel poured oil over David's head and he anointed him. So that is how he anointed. So these are the ways they anointed in the Old Testament. When we read in the New Testament, we read in Acts 8, 17, then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So this is how it was anointed. People were anointed in the New Testament times. So God wants you to lay your hands on some people and anoint them. 
God wants you to lay your hands on some people and anoint them. You might think that um, Elijah was a prophet and Peter and John, they were apostles. So they laid their hands on them and they, the people received the Holy Spirit. So only apostles and prophets can lay their hands and only then people will receive the Holy Spirit or they can be anointed. But if you read 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Do not neglect the spiritual gift which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. It says the body of elders. It doesn't say apostles, it doesn't say prophets or pastors or teachers, nothing. It says the body of elders. And I strongly believe all those people who are connected in this Zoom meeting call are elders. Your church might have recognized you or they might have not recognized you till now, but you are elders. You are elders. And the Bible says, uh, Paul says to Timothy, when the elders laid their hands on you. So you being an elder, you can anoint. You can give the Holy Spirit that God has given you. Impartation this is what the New Testament says, impartation. So God wants you to impart. God wants you to impart to the people that he is going to show to you. Sometimes the church, all the uh, people, apostles, or whoever the calling the body of Christ may recognize some people. And sometimes they might not recognize you as elders. For example, even Jeremiah, he was not anointed by anybody, but he was anointed by God in his mother's womb itself. Nobody anointed and told Samuel, you are a prophet, but he was anointed by God right from his mother's womb. The same way as John the Baptist. So it can happen either the way, but the spirit of God inside you will testify. So God wants you to go and anoint some people that he is going to show to you. And what you're going to do is when you anoint the people, the verse says, go, go and anoint Hazel to be the king over Israel. So what, what does that mean? So when you anoint the people, when you impart the Holy Spirit on the people, what is happening is you are actually releasing the people into their calling. You're going to release the people into the purpose. You're going to release the people into their destiny. See, so before the cave, you were shining. You were rock stars. You did great things for God. But now after the cave, this is what God wants you to do. The same experience is going to continue. It, you, it's going to happen. You're going to do great things for God. But it's not going to just stop with that. God wants you to go and anoint people. He wants you to release people into their destiny. He wants you to release people into their purpose. He wants you to people into their calling. So this is what God wants you to do. And if you read that verse, it says, go and anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. Anoint son of Nimshi to be king over Israel. Anoint Elisha to be prophet in your place. So if you see, there are two different types of uh, calling that God wants, wanted to anoint. So two of them, uh, he wanted to anoint as kings and one as prophet. So what does that mean? The people whom you are going to anoint or whom you are going to impart, they are going to be of two different kind of people. So kings have a different vision. Kings have a different field where they will be ministering. They have a different mode of operation. So that means you are going to be mentors for people with different visions. Wow. You are going to be mentor for people who are going to be in different spheres of influence. Mm -hmm. Their way of 
working, the administration, everything is going to be different. And you're going to mentor people with different vision, different purpose, different calling. But it does not stop with that. You see two kings and one prophet, prophet in your place. That means you are going to anoint two different type of people. One sort of people will be people with a different vision, a different sphere of influence. The other other group of people are going to be people who will have will carry the same calling that you are carrying. Amen. People who are in the same sphere of influence. Yes. We read that Elisha followed Elijah and served him. Amen. So God is going to give you a team who will be with you. Elijah was a one-man ministry, did a one-man ministry before the cave. But now there is going to be a shift taking place. There is going to be a transition taking place. You are going to anoint people. God is going to show you people. And so one, one way you're going to mentor to people with different vision. And the other thing that is going to take place is people with similar calling that you carry. The anointing that you carry. If, for example, if you are a pastor, so God is going to connect you people who have the calling of a pastor. If you are an apostle, God is going to connect you with people who have the similar calling. If you are doing a marketplace marketplace ministry, then God is going to connect you with people who have the same calling. Amen. So this is what is going to happen. This is what God wants you to do. This is what the strategy that God showed me. So you are going to anoint many people, impart many people in the coming days. Please don't hold yourself back thinking that I'm not an apostle, thinking that I'm not a prophet. The word clearly says that the body of elders laid hands on Timothy. So you being an elder, you have all the grace, you have all the anointing, you have all the calling to anoint the people. So Bible says, go forth, go and anoint kings, go and anoint prophets, go and anoint people of different calling. So this is what is going to happen. See, if you see, Elisha was a successor of Elijah. Uh, this is what Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. So there are going to be people who are going to follow you. They are going to do the same thing that you are doing. They, you, they will be mentored by you. you know, so when we think of the word successor or Elijah, Elisha, immediately we think, sometimes we might think that uh, it, because it was the days of Elijah was coming to an end, that's why God showed Elisha the successor. But actually, if you see, Elijah was alive for many years before Elisha took the role of, of Elijah. He was alive for many years. Before the cave, Elijah he was against one king. But after the cave, he stood against two kings. He fought against the injustice of two kings. Before the cave, only once fire came from heaven. But after the cave, three times fire came from heaven. Oh. So after the cave, Elijah was alive for many years before Elijah took the, Elisha took the role of Elijah. So it never means only at the end time when, when you become old or when you're going to pass away, only then God is going to give you the successor. If you read the Bible, it says, you know, when Jesus started the ministry, he was with his successors. Yeah. It was the beginning of the ministry that Jesus had successors. Yeah. Immediately, immediately, the first thing that Jesus did was he went in search of Peter. He went in search of Matthew. He went in search of all the 12 disciples. So he had his successors right from the beginning of the ministry, not at the end of the ministry. Mm -hmm. He had 
from the beginning of the ministry. So this is what God wants you to do. He wants you to anoint people. Some, they will not be with you, but you will be mentoring them. Some will be with you and you will be mentoring them. So this is what is going to happen. This is what God wants to, you to do in the coming days. So there's going to be a major shift happening. In the 19th verse, we read that, Elijah, so Elijah left there. So after Elijah received the instruction from God, he got a picture from God. Elijah was not just sticking to it. We read that, so Elijah left there. He was not just in the seeking phase. He moved from the seeking phase to the implementation phase. He moved from the seeking phase to the implementation phase. You know, I have seen some senior people who say that God, uh, God showed me a dream 10 years back. God gave me a prophetic word 20 years back. God put a burden in my heart like 30 years back. And I used to ask what happened to that dream? What happened to that vision? What happened to that prophetic word? They will say, I'm just waiting for the right time. I'm just waiting for the right time. You know, there are three things that is very important that we need to consider in the Christian life, in, especially in ministry. One is God's will. The second is God's timing. And the third is God's time. So there is God's will. And he does things in his own time. And he has his own style of functioning. So when you know what is God's will and you're waiting for the for the God's timing, you know, it's not a time to waste. It's a time of preparing. If God showed you a dream 10 years back, so what is the preparation that you have done? If God gave you a prophetic word 20 years back, what is the preparation that you have done? Preparation time is a phase of learning. If it's being connected, being connected with people of similar vision, learning things, you know, it's, it's just preparing you. And once you're prepared, you know, most of, mostly once when you become prepared, the time just comes. Amen. The time just comes. You know, sometimes we don't, uh, we have not, we are not undergone the learning phase. And that is why the time is just delaying, 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 delaying. So whenever we receive anything, it's just, we have to start implementing. We have to just start praying about it, just preparing ourselves about it. And mostly when you are prepared, the time just comes. God says, now you're ready, just go, just go, just go. So this is what, you know, so Elijah left there. So he was not just in the seeking phase. He was not seeking, seeking, seeking for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. No, there are people who have received strong vision from God. They have, I've seen people who have received strong encounters from God. They had like nation shaking visions, but it, it never happened. I used to really feel sorry for them. It's because they were just in the seeking phase. They never moved to the implementation phase. They never did started doing anything about it. But we read here, we read here, so Elijah left there. Elijah left there. He left that place and he found Elisha and crossed over to him. Elijah left that place and he crossed over to meet Elisha. He found Elisha and crossed over to him. Leaders should go in search of disciples. Leaders should go in search of disciples. Sometimes we just sit and we want all the disciples to come to us. But that was not even during the Old Testament times, nor during the New Testament times. Old Testament times, God is sending Elijah, go, go to Elisha. Go to son of Nimshi. He's just sending him. 
And we read in Jesus' life, Jesus is going in search of the 12 disciples. He is going and finding them. He is talking to them. He's ministering to them. The same way we, we read about uh, Paul. He's going in search of Timothy to Titus. So it's time that the leaders arise and go in search of the disciples. It's time that we start imparting and anointing people. We, uh, it's, all the people who have connected, you have done great things for God. You have established so many things for God. You have done really some, you have glorified the Lord. And when you turn back, there are so many things that you feel uh, you, you, you glorify and you're filled with gratitude. But now it's time that you impart, impart it to the next generation, impart it to the next disciples that God is showing to you. So this is what God wanted to do. So he wants Elisha left there. He found Elisha and he crossed over to him. He crossed over to him. I have a mentor, if you would have seen the video, uh, my mentor's name is Father S.J. Berkmans. So he was a Catholic priest. He got born again and he's serving the Lord. And he is a revivalist. He's a revivalist. He has brought lakhs and lakhs of people into salvation. So though he has brought lakhs and lakhs of people into salvation, I remember 10 years back, I just called and I, I told him, like, I'm from a Catholic background. I'm from a Catholic background and I want to take baptism. Can you give me baptism? And he told me, like, I'm going to leave Germany in three days. If you want, you can come. So immediately the same night I went, I met him. So whole night he prayed, he ministered to us, and then he gave me baptism. And we came back to Chennai. And after coming back to Chennai, then he called me after two days and he said, can I have fellowship with you? Then I said, it's a big privilege because he's a revivalist. If you come to India and if you ask about Father Beckman's, everybody knows him. He's called as the David of India because he has released like almost 40 CDs and hundreds and hundreds of songs. And uh, there have been thousands of healings that have been taken place. There was a time that the government of India gave special buses to his place. Almost 10 buses used to come to his meetings because the crowd was so much overflowing and miracles were taking place. So he called and he said, can I have fellowship with you? Then I said, it's a big privilege to me. And after two days, again, he called and said, can I come and meet you? Can I come to your house? I said, it's a big privilege. He was a revivalist. He has 450 plus churches under him. He has orphanage, he has a Bible college. He's a big revivalist, but still he came in search of a disciple. I, I'm not from a pastoral background. My parents are not doing ministry, nothing. I was the first person to get born again in my family. I'm not, I'm not from a very high class family. I'm from a normal middle-class family, but I'm the child of, daughter of a king. But he came in search of me because he wanted to disciple me. And that is why today I'm speaking to you. Two days back, I called and I told that I'm going to talk in an international conference. I shared the brochure that brother shared and everything. So he, he is a role model. Though he has such a huge ministry, he never restricted himself. He never thought the disciples should come to me, but he went in search of disciples. He went and anointed people. So the same is what God wants us to do. So here we read, Elijah left the place and he found Elisha. Uh, he crossed over to him and he threw his mantle over Elisha. So this is what God wants us to do. There might be people who are already doing it. There are some of you, I know very well, there are some of you who are really doing it, 
who are really already anointing people you are releasing people into their calling you are releasing people into their destiny you are releasing people into their purpose so there are people who are already doing such things and this is the word for those people uh 2 kings 2 1 to 3 if you read the third verse says and the sons of the prophets that were at bethel came forth to elisha and said unto him knowest thou that the lord that thy lord take away thy master from you today so here it says there were sons of the prophets at bethel there were sons of the prophets at bethel and they came and spoke to elisha and said do you know that god is going to take your master today away from you and again in the fifth verse we read and the sons of the prophets that were at jericho so we see here there were sons of the prophets here at jericho and there were sons of the prophets at bethel two different places there were two different places you see this is something which god wanted to tell me if god has given you a prophetic word or a vision or a dream or a burden or a leading to start some schools for the lord some training institutes some seminars some training platforms whatever name you keep then this is your time your time has come to start schools your time has come to start schools your time has come to start schools and if you are doing it in one place god wants you to start it in another place god wants you to start it in another place there were sons of the prophets in jericho there were sons of the prophets in 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 Naj- oh, in bethel hallelujah so god wants you to start schools training centers seminars conferences whatever might be the name it can be a bible college or whatever the name it is god wants you to start it in several places yes. he wants you to start it in several places so this is what god wanted to uh, tell it to you it's a confirmation and the time has come amen for the cave elisha was a single man revivalist amen. but after the cave he had elisha with him he had sons of the prophets in jericho he had sons of the prophets in bethel so he was no more a one man person ministry it was not no more a one man ministry it was the same elijah who went and complained to god and told god all have been killed i'm the only person who is left and the only person who is left this is what elijah said to god but god gave him a vision god gave him a direction and it just there was a major shift there was a major shift he, it, it it was he was no more a one person it was he was just because you know he he was a revivalist before the cave and after the cave we can see that elisha was also again a revivalist there were those sons of the prophets who came to elisha and said they were so prophetic they came and said the master god is going to take your master from you so he has raised several revivalist he had raised several revivalist several kings so this is what god wants to you to do in the coming season so you are going to continue being a revivalist you're going to continue doing great things for god but at the same time you are going to raise a generation amen you are going 
going to anoint the people. You're going to release them to their destiny. You're going to release them to the calling. Schools are going to get started. Bible colleges are going to get started. Several training platforms, whatever might be the name, are going to get started. If it is in one place, God wants you to start it in another place. In several places, God wants you to start it in several places. See, the God, heart of God is it's always ends of the earth. It is always ends of the earth. We read the Bible. If you read, there's so everywhere God God talks about nations. Amen. My house will be a house of prayer for nations. Yes. So even for prayer, he just includes nations. For witness, he says, be witness to the ends of the earth. Go and share the gospel to the ends of the earth. So God's heart, God's burden, because we all have one life to live, one chance to shake the world, one chance to serve the Lord. So it is up to us to limit ourselves and bound ourselves to a certain geographical location or to reach the entire generation, to reach the ends of the earth. Amen. So God wants you to start schools and training centers in several places. So this is a confirmation for many of you. Your time has come. Your time has come. Your time has come. Go and anoint. Go Amen. and anoint. Go and anoint. Don't wait for approval from any man. Don't wait for approval from any man. Oh. Don't wait for favor from any man. Don't wait for favor from anyone because the anointing has to flow from heaven. Hallelujah. The anointing has to come from him. It is the Holy Spirit who is going to minister. Amen. No man can do anything. No man can do anything. Ministry, whatever we do, the kingdom belongs to the Lord. The kingdom belongs to the Lord. We have thousands people speaking in favor of us but if god is not there in it is completely empty it's Amen. completely it's completely vain yes. so just go anoint people release them release them to their destiny release them to their calling and in the coming days this is what god told me is there's going to be a lot of travel for people who are connected here you're going to travel a lot you're going to travel a lot in the coming days so prepare yourselves, prepare, prepare yourselves for the travel, prepare your families, prepare whatever you are into, because you are going to travel a lot. You're going to travel a lot. Be prepared and keep yourselves away from any sort of distractions. Uh, this year, this year, uh, 5781, if you are Rosh Hashanah, it's a year of mouth or a year of pay. You know, because it's a year of mouth, what, because there's going to be much power in what we talk. That's why you know, most of the people are wearing a mask and the mouth is also covered. <laughs> so, you know, things are just happening opposite because God is going to move in that direction. So one thing is we are going to have a lot of distractions. And so be careful that you overcome the distractions. So we are, we people who walk with God, we know to differentiate between good and bad. We are very good in differentiating between good and bad. But the problem is we need to differentiate the good and the best. We need to differentiate the good and the best. So what is the perfect will of God? Sometimes some ministries itself can be a distraction. Sometimes some missions can be itself a distraction. Something would, would have been a vision for a particular season. But now when God is moving you towards an another season, another, another vision, so it's very important that we ca be careful that we, we, uh, we are able to we discern the distractions and keep ourselves away from it. So this is what God gave me the word to share to you people. So person Elijah before the cave. So many of you are like Elijah before the cave. 
and God is going to bring you like Elijah after the king. So you're going to go, you're going to anoint the people, you're going to release to their destiny, you're going to start schools, you're going to start several conferences, Bible colleges, and many things, and you're going to release many people to their calling. And there are going to be a lot of branches that are going to be started in the coming year, and get ready for travel, because God is going to send you to several nations, God is going to send you to several people. So this is what God told me so. I've, I've shared whatever God put in my heart and God bless you all. Wow. Thank you.